The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship Podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello. What's up, Devin? Not um, much, not All much. right, what do you got for us? What do you got for us today? All right. We are plain quiet folk, and have no use for adventures. Nasty, disturbing, uncomfortable things. Make you late for dinner. I can't think what anyone sees in them. <laughs> messed up that last line <laughs> i can't think what anybody sees in them ah okay no, that's all right it wasn't too bad <laughs> can't see can't think what anybody sees in them so i'm assuming that is well it's it's lord of the rings yeah it's a hobbit and yeah i'm assuming it's it's maybe bilbo writing before he went on his first adventure right right that's when everyone's coming over to his house uh, i I'm not exactly sure why I picked another Lord of the Rings quote. It's not, it's not like we're huge normal. I mean, we're fans, but. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, I think because I was looking through, we, we've talked about it before on the podcast. When Dustin and I are together, obviously we're both at home on our computers in our little areas. And I, I like to pull uh, a nice photo up. Just while right. we're talking, just to have something to look at, I got this nice big monitor, and I don't want to just stare at the um, the cast the, the, page, yeah, the <laughs> cast page, and, and watching the voice take around. So right. I did. Yeah. I, I was looking through some like countryside photos and New Zealand photos, and of course, like uh, Hobbiton pops up. So I pulled that right. up, and then I was like, yeah, maybe I'll just go with one of those uh, uh, reluct reluctant reluctantly like adventurous Bilbo quotes because him and right Frodo are totally different Bilbo never wanted to go but he was like the first of not necessarily but you know the first of his kind to go on adventures and and then yeah, Frodo was Frodo like, was the opposite Frodo was down for it because right. yeah. Bilbo did talk about it a lot told yeah, the other stories and stuff yeah mm -hmm. I feel like there's some like um there may some some ancestor of Bilbo's that was also kind of an explorer or something, or maybe it's maybe it was like maybe it's Marion Pippin and an ancestor of theirs who's really tall or something. I forget, but right, yeah, and, yeah. Know, there's I'm probably right. some some big some, like, uh, fans yelling at us like, hey, of course it was this guy <laughs> uh, two hundred years ago that got a bunch of people in trouble because he went on an adventure. Blah blah blah. Right. When I was, I think what we were trying to talk about last week, we were we were doing something. I was, I was talking about something, and I couldn't remember the term for it, and I can't remember what it was now. But of course, like as soon as I'm done, and I'm editing the podcast, it was like clear in my mind. I was like, why didn't I think about that? And that's I do that often. When I'm listening to other podcasts. People are like, what is that thing, or what is it called? And, <laughs> you're like, Duh, uh, and it's so easy, simple. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But when you're talking and you're like trying to go through a stream of thought and get out all your, you know, all of your thoughts on being recorded 
It's a different story sometimes. It's weird. Or or <laughs> just get your quote out clearly. I, I seem not to <laughs> try that a couple more times. <laughs> I feel that's you've you've done good though. I mean, with the quotes, there have been what maybe like a half a dozen times or more where you're like, okay, I gotta try it again. In in like fifty one <laughs> episodes, it's episode yeah, fifty one. It's not bad. <laughs> not I, I bad. Can, I can, usually, I can <laughs> read out loud sometimes. <laughs> um, but but anyway, so I was yeah. thinking of that and and thinking of once people do get to that point where they're they're super comfy and we go over this over and over and there's is a thing to be said for that having your the rhythms and the things you like and your your comfortable spot might be having the perfect workshop and being with your family and right. having I'm going to go out here and do this and then I'm going to take a walk and obviously there's nothing wrong for that and I think nothing wrong with that and I think Bilbo was uh, he's just in that comfortable hobbit mode and 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 he he likes what he he likes and and uh they you know they just want to eat and be comfortable and live in their holes and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's uh yeah. And that is I think that's a um I think that's what a lot of people look for in life is mm-hmm. just to be comfortable. Or uh, right. actually, well, I would say so I think a lot of people are looking for that, but but maybe not in the right way. You know, like I think a lot of people will think that if they make a lot of money, then they'll they'll be able to live comfortably, right? So you're like, right. let me work really hard so I don't have to work really hard. You know, that is true <laughs> right. and it works, but but where's the limit, right? Like, mm-hmm. how far do you have to go? How much money do you have to make to be comfortable? Like, is do you have to have enough money that you can buy whatever you want at any point or do you just have to have enough money to be able to feed your family every week and not worry about food or your lodging right like or do you just have to make enough money to take care of yourself and what what's that what does that look like right so obviously it's different for everybody but i think um i think when you can figure out what that what that number is and or what that is without pushing it too far like you know I, I would like to make this make enough money so I can do this and you know if I if I make enough for that then anything above that is just extra cushion right right you want to get so, to a point where you're not stressed about the little things and little bills and right. I, I personally would like to make enough money where when the um, AT&T bill comes in I don't have like a heart attack Right, right, yeah. Or I don't get so. I actually, I'll probably always get angry at uh, cell phone companies because <laughs> the way their prices creep up for no reason, and I, I you know, it's constant. You got to keep calling them back. What is this? Right. Why is this? Oh, we change. Oh, we don't do that anymore. We change that. Okay. Either way, why am I paying thirty dollars more? Ugh. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, you know, I maybe maybe get maybe get to that point. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and but, you know, and then like, what is your time worth? Right. What's your time outside of work worth? You know, so is it worth it to try to like work harder and make more money so you're even more comfortable or you kind of figure out where that limit is and then you stop. Right. Then you make the time to put time into your family and your, you know, your hobbies and things that make you happy and, you know, that that are important to you in life. Right. And that's um, that's a good problem to have. A lot, a lot of people can't get there. Like, oh, I don't. I've, I've made enough money where, because some people don't even think of that, that dilemma, because they right. never get there. Yeah. There's, there's always the struggle, and that, that's just how some people are. So let's, 
Uh, do I do want to talk about what we've been up to? Because right. I also wanted to move on. We're going to talk about uh, the perfect shop or the the way to get started with like an empty room. Let's say you have a, a twenty by thirty room, right. and how how would you set it up? And how would you advise people to set it up? But um, before room. we before we go into that, do we want to talk about the things your 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 new dog? The, the, yeah. the wine barrel. Yeah. yeah, right. Projects we're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we came back from Vermont. We got back on Saturday. Today is Thursday. And uh, we brought back with us a little puppy dog, almost five months old, um, half uh, Beagle, Beagle Blue, Blue Healer is the other mm. one. So Blue Healer is kind of like an Australian Shepherd type size and, you know, hair length and they're they're usually black with a lot of or their their hair is black and white and it gives it this kind of gray that light gray blue color um so she's a sweetheart her name is luna and she um so <laughs> she's my in-laws dog they got her when they were a pup when she was a puppy um you know whatever seven weeks old or so they've had her and uh, situations have happened in their lives where they are unfortunately not able to be in the house for the summer very often. My my mother-in-law works full-time, and then my father-in-law, who's retired, is also helping to take care of his mother, and he's got he's to be away from the home for quite a bit this summer. So they had asked us if we wanted to take her for the summer for the next couple months, and then you know when, when it kind of slows back down, uh, then we'll take her off. So that was the idea, and that's we we were like, yeah, that's fine. Sounds good. Okay, we can do that. Um, and then while we were up in um, Vermont visiting, uh, the discussion came up that the possibility of us keeping Luna um, if everything works out fine. And obviously, she's a sweetheart, and she's super she's super yeah. lovey, and she's a puppy. You know, she's biting stuff, and we have toys for her. And so we, we have to get train her up some. But she's super sweet and, like, is not aggressive toward other dogs, um, you know, people she loves. Um, so so we, we may end up keeping her. It's still kind of up in the air depending on if – um, my in-laws decide they want to actually take her back um, or if they want to leave her with us. Um, before we realize that this might be an option, we also have been looking for another dog since our since Sadie passed away. So we've been looking for another like lab. We've been doing the um, lab rescue of the kind of Chesapeake, Maryland, uh, Virginia, Pennsylvania area. Um, and uh, so we are going to look at another dog um named toby and he is a um he's a golden retriever um i can't think of the other dog's name this is what i was just saying earlier right trying to think of something (laughs) it's the uh great pyrenees so great pyrenees golden retriever so great pyrenees are like the big white fluffy dogs you know, usually yeah. over over a hundred pounds, pretty big. But she, but he's mixed with golden retriever, so golden retrievers obviously are, you know, eighty to a hundred pounds as well. Good sized dogs, but not giants. So he'll be a little bit smaller. Right now, he's ten months old. I think ten or eleven months old, and he's eighty pounds. So he's pretty big. Like I don't think he's going to get way way bigger, but you know, he's still under a year, so he could maybe hit a hundred pounds. Which isn't crazy. Eighty uh, Sadie was right around seventy pounds, eighty pounds. When she, even when she got a little older, she's a little chunkier, but not too much. Um. So so, so yeah, we're going to look at him. But that was <laughs> the plan was to go look at him and possibly adopt him before we knew we'd have another dog. 
Right. So we may have two dogs, <laughs> which I'm still kind of on the fence about. But, you know, but I do think that it will be better for both dogs to have another dog in the house. Like I, I right. for a puppy, it's good to have another dog because they can play and each wear each other out and stuff. And, and, you know, he's still a puppy, too. He's less than a year old. So. So, yeah, I think it'll be fine. Um, you know, it's my my only hesitation, any which is every it's always been my hesitation about having a, a dog. And I've had a dog for the last, you know, almost my entire life um, is that I'm I would say I'm very selfish when it comes to things I want to do. Like, I don't want to be restricted. I don't want to be like, oh, let's go here. Oh, wait, we can't because we have a dog and we don't have anywhere anyone to take care of or anywhere right. to put the dog, you know, so it's like. That part of me is is like hesitant because I'm like, oh, it's going to restrict so much of what we can do, mm. um, you know, and like traveling with two dogs in our vehicle and, you know, having a crate that's big enough for either one dog or both dogs in the crate, you know, so there's just like all sorts of stuff. And it's just like, it, I'm sure it'll all be fine. And he's super sweet. And, you know, I love Luna as well. She's she's a sweetheart. So we'll see. But that's that's where I'm at right now with the dogs. <laughs> yeah. Now Luna's super sweet. Got to meet her yeah. for the first time. Just runs right up to you, one of those dogs. Just yeah. wants to be your friend right away. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's such a sweetheart. She's and she likes people and she's good off leash. You know, we've had her off leash here at the house the whole time. We haven't put her on a leash except for I went over to swim in the pond one time with Corinne and I went over to swim in the pond and uh, we leashed her then just because we were going to be swimming. And we wanted to bring her over with us, but we don't, you know we don't want her to sort of wander away while she's while we're swimming, which she might do. If we're outside with her kind of sitting down, we can kind of be active with her. If she starts to wander, we can, you know, walk around the house and stuff, and she'll stay with us, which is really nice. Do you have to take Luna to meet the other dog? Yes. Yeah. Right. So we'll do the meet and greet. That'll be okay. Saturday afternoon, so we'll bring Luna. I'm sure. Like, Luna, um, when we were up in Vermont, our neighbors have uh, – our, our in-laws' neighbors have two dogs, a chocolate lab, like a pretty – full-size big chocolate lab and then a little teeny fluff ball like puppy that's Luna's same age it's a little bit smaller than her a little like white fuzzy dog fluffy dog and yeah. um they she got along with both dogs but the bigger dog she's more hesitant around just because of the size right so right. she was like very kind of like uh, you know but they were fine they were fine together and then on the way back from Vermont we stopped at our um uh, Nicole's cousin uh, their their house and uh we also and there were two dogs there. There was the the they have a sh- a um a sheep dog, a, you know, kind of that Australian Shepherd type dog as well, um, and uh, and then there was a like a spaniel type dog. Both are medium sized dogs, you know, fifty sixty pounds something like that. And she was perfectly fine with both of them, you know. After they kind of like settled in, there was they were they were all good. So yeah, I don't yeah I don't worry about her. And and what we've heard from about Toby as well is that the the um. The, the woman who has her right has him right now as the foster has three other dogs and they all get along fine. She has like one old dog that's kind of crotchety and a bad moody and and he wanted to play with him one time and got you know kind of put in his place like barking. He just backed down and was like, okay, fine, I'll go play with other dogs. So, <laughs> so it seems like he'll be he'll be a sweetheart. He apparently like loves people and loves all animals and so cool. So, yeah, so we may be we may be bringing another. Another big dog, big fluffy white dog home. Yeah, all, on, uh, all types on of Saturday. All types of shop dogs <laughs> running around. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah we got some uh, footage yeah. of some yeah. footage of Luna in this last uh, well, in this video we're shooting now for the um, right. the the strap, the axe. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah, sling. So yep. the, you guys will see that in a few 
few videos. We've got two more to edit right. and finish, but yeah. uh, that. And then so yeah, I, so I brought I was gonna say, yeah, that's the we were working on the start of that yesterday, even though we have we have footage for two other videos, which is good, you know, it's always good to get ahead if we can mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. have time. So shot some on that, started uh, you know, cut out and, and uh did the template for the the head, the whole mask part that would be part of the sling. And um and I went down to Tandy Leather Factory, stopped in there oh, and picked yeah. up all the yeah. hardware. Nice. Good. I got everything I got was exactly what I wanted except for one piece and that's that's it's called a um strap slide and that's when mm-hmm. you have the um you know it's like the adjustment slider uh, so right it's, it's right. like a you know a double ring type thing and you, you attach yeah. the leather to the middle of it and then you slide up and down to make adjustments um they didn't have that in three quarter inch like they had everything else in three quarter inch they had that and it was either one inch or uh like five eighths so i was like they, it's funny all the other hardware they had in one and three quarter and then like half you know like all the kind of standard sizes and that right. one they had no three quarter and I actually went and talked to the woman up front and she checked like online on the actual online Tandy leather system and they didn't have it at all it was like a gap mm. there they were like th- she's like that's really weird I don't see why you know and all of their mod all the different varieties of things I think it's like okay well I just got so I just got the, the one inch one and it'll be fine it'll be a you know eighth inch space on either side but it shouldn't it shouldn't you know take away from it at all right it'll still hold the strap together exactly yeah because there'll be there'll be the the main the end of one strap will be wrapped through the middle ring and it'll right. be riveted and then so that'll be you know riveted pretty tight so it'll hold it straight and then so it'll slide up and down it should be fine and if it's not fine then um that'll be an interesting part of the video <laughs> maybe we'll do uh you know i might maybe i'll make one you know fabricate one from just a piece of like a flat piece of steel grind it out and shape it we'll see yeah i don't think i'll need to but you know it's an option Right. So, um, yeah. yeah, yesterday we did that. We shot the first half of that, and so we should just have one more day to shoot with that. And uh, mm-hmm. brought the wine. Got a wine barrel. Oh, uh, yeah. We're, we're yeah. doing for a video. Make, make, making, a, making a wine barrel into a table. Um, but pretty like much, I mean, the wine. Kind of tall bar mm-hmm. style table. Yeah. Right, right. And it's, uh, yeah, it. I feel like it'll be a nice project because it's something a lot of people can do. And there, you can always find people trying to sell wine barrels for this or that, you know, right. 50 to a hundred bucks. And it's, I mean, it's obviously it's already a table kind of anyway, so you could use it in your outdoor space or in your quote unquote man cave, something like that. Or she shed, I guess a wine barrel. (laughs) Like, uh, (laughs) um, but yeah, we're going to find, we're going to order some, around glass and then have the edge wood depending on on what we do there and then band that with uh some type of ring of metal kind of like what you'd see on a, a barrel metal band right yeah the strapping around the outside mm-hmm. right yep yeah so that'd be cool and i was thinking like we were talking about how to do the top and you know i thought like make a square out of wood, you know, with 45 degree angles on each end and have it like glued together and then cut the circle out of that instead of mm-hmm. having to, you know, cut a circle out of a big piece of wood. But I, but I was like, well, I can do, I can do m- less of an angle and do more pieces of wood and just have, you know, nicer wood that goes all the way around. So, you know, if I do like a 10 degree angle and whatever that, you know, I have to make up the 180 degrees or whatever it is to you just, flatten it you, out. You just have to join a bunch of them together. Exactly, yeah. So glue and then put a clamp around the outside and then make a big circle. And it's it doesn't need to um, – it's not like holding pressure in any direction. It's just holding straight down. 
you know, so the glue joints aren't, they're not going to be under stress, like to come apart, you know, like, it's not like we're using it as a wheel, right? You know, where are you like putting pressure on it top right. to bottom? It's going to be, a, it's going to be holding a table. And so I think it'll work fine. So we'll have to do two of those. Um, and uh, actually you could, you're, well, I think your bottom circle could just be something simple. Well, it could be. Because you're um, only going to see the top. I mean, unless that's the best way you can think of to make right. the circle. Well, I mean, I would think, like, we just get some, you know, get, like, a sheet of, uh, um, you know, like, nice plywood. Like, furniture right, for plywood. The, and then for the cut bottom. It and then just, yeah. Or actually, it could be for both of them. And then just edge band it. And then we're going to uh, do a metal edge, a metal band around the outside anyway you know they have they have like wood laminate that you put on the edge of plywood so it cleans it up and looks nice Um, yeah right right so yeah but i mean so i don't know but but plywood's so expensive right now so yeah you know but anyway yeah yeah, that's i I might look it up and look up look up some other options or something how we could do that but yeah making like i guess it's uh what do we say 24 inches so it's not like a gigantic circle it's not going to be a huge huge tabletop it's just going to be a a piece on top that there's a small ring of wood that's holding the glass top so you can see the top of the barrel which would be cool yep yep yeah so yeah um okay we're going to move on to the uh what we want to talk about today um and and I'm going to do a, a Dear Dustin from our friend Matt ba- Matt Brown, who does the music with me for the channel and the intro here every week. Yeah. Um, and he's been on the podcast, too. we got to do one of those, another one of those. That was fun. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Yeah, I got tons um, of comments about that one. Like, people were like, that one was so cool. I heard other people talking about it on other podcasts and stuff, being like, that was a really cool one. You know, they were, like, playing live, you know, doing the stuff. Yeah. Like, Heck, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> um. All right. Dear Dustin. Oh, wait, hang on. Let me find it. (laughs) (laughs) The anticipation was killing me. Dear Dustin. I pulled up the wrong thing. I I pulled (laughs) up the wrong thing. No wonder it didn't seem right. Okay, here we go. Dear Dustin. Speaking of podcasts. Dear Dustin, I need you to do some more content about setting up a shop efficiently, tool storage, etc. Because I'm trying to get my garage set up and need to minimize the amount of stuff sitting on the floor. And I like hearing people talk about this subject. Matt Brown. Nice. So we can use that as, yeah, let's say you have a garage. But I also thought it'd be fun to, if you had a, a blank slate. Right. Yeah, and so... So my mindset for this is, you know, my mindset, because I have, I know the tools that I have, I'm starting to think about, okay, if I had a blank shop, where, what would I do with my tools that I have currently? Mm -hmm. You know, how would I set them up? And, um, you know, if, if I was moving to a new space, but I think it also is just like thinking, also thinking about if I was starting a new shop or if I was telling someone how to start a new shop, what things would I recommend that they have and how to set it up? Right. Um, and all I can, I mean, obviously what I'm saying is based off of my experience of using a shop. Um, I think the, the most important part of any space that you're going to use, whether that's like a studio or a kitchen or a shop, you know, anything like that, an office is, is the um, efficiency of movement, right? So you want to be able to move and access the things you want to use the most often 
um, easiest, right? So, mm-hmm. so my mindset. So let's say, when I'm more, go ahead. Hang, hang on, let me set it up. So let's picture you have like a twenty by thirty rectangle. And obviously, this could be any size. Okay. But like, let's say it's a, um, let's say it's like a two car garage. Okay. Um, and you only need access to one of the doors. Right. So you can right. you can have one closed, and north is the back wall, east is the side wall, south are your two doors, and west is the other side wall. So you have that. Okay. And let's say that on the on the south part where the two doors are in your garage, that right side's open. So you walk in. Where do you start to put tables? Do you need a middle workbench? Do you want like a wall of um, shelving? Right. Let's um, start there. Yeah. Basic so, layout. Uh, so I, you know, I think the main thing is you want to have, or one of the main you want to think about material storage like if you want to store your wood and or metal in your shop you need to have a space for that and the easiest way to access that is to have something you can go straight into from your door so right. say along one wall so say you're walking in from the south you're on mm-hmm. the left side of your shop so you're on that west wall that should be like tool storage there probably right either either right. one so that way you're in and out of your shop easily you can get stuff tool. in not, tool, not and materi- tool and material. Tool and material storage. Yeah, I'm thinking right. material storage. So like what okay. we have with the wood, with the wood shelf, um, the wood storage, something like that. You need, you know, if you're if you're doing any type of woodworking or metalworking, you're gonna want somewhere to store supplies. Um, that's something that I don't. And I was thinking about this a little earlier when you suggested it. That that I don't think people talk about that often. Is like where do you store all the things you're gonna make things out of? You know, because that's that's a big (laughs) thing. You're like, okay, let me set up my shop. I'm thinking about my tools and my workbenches, but you need to have storage somewhere because that is what uh, I think that's what kills a shop. That's what clutters a shop is having random stuff everywhere that you're going to be making your stuff out of. Um, Right, and that's that's actually one thing. I guess it was a few early episodes in Art Craftsmanship where you actually put the uh, the storage rack up. If you go back to the beginning of the channel, you see that there was nothing was back there or there was just more stuff just kind of stacked and there was no shelving at the time. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And there was just a bunch of other stuff. So I had to rearrange and I wanted to use the back side, back half of the basement. So, you know, rearrange all that stuff, clean it all up, put in the wood rack. And that way I'd have all that because I just had like some saw horses back there holding wood, but you know, that gives you just one shelf basically. And then underneath of it, so I wanted to have, you know, more options than that. So we built the wood rack. Yeah. Um, and I, I also yeah. think if if you could set it up like that, it makes sense to have that easy access inside and maybe outside too. When right. You, when, right. When you need more room or you just want to work outside, you can go right out the door. Right, I mean, right now yours is kind of on the opposite corner because you didn't have much choice where to put it. Right, yeah. But if it if it was closer to a front wall or to the front yeah. door of wherever, that's kind of nice because you just pull one of those long ten footers out of something, yep. and and it's it's right out the door and on um on, on some saws saw horses. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's why I was thinking about that. Like that's that's something that I if I'm looking at an empty space, I want to look at where do I want to store materials, and it could be materials and or tools. Right, you know, where do you want storage that's easy to access? Because I yeah. think that's important. So, like, figure out what what's the easiest thing to access, and that should be where you're storing supplies. Right. Um, 
the other thing you can do with with something if you have like a concrete floor is you can do uh like a movable rack yeah like and that's that would be nice too then you'd have something you know put some casters on it that are locking and you can put it in one spot but you can also move it around if you're doing a bunch of stuff on the other side of the shop and you want to have your you know or if you want to roll a bunch of stuff outside and do it out there you could do it as well right so i think that's you know obviously a, a big rack could get pretty heavy <laughs> and could be you know tough to put on casters but if you could do a lot of times you'll see material storage like a um like a uh, what's it called like a triangle you know a long a long rack that's uh that's tilted in so you can lean like plywood and stuff and it'll lean back against itself and you can move that around i also oftentimes will see people use those type of things for clamps um which is another thing you need to think of for storage mm. um you know you know it'd be really cool yeah. i was just thinking like now this is like fantasy level right so you have that whole south side where there's two big garage doors Mm-hmm. And let's say let's say you could get rid of the split in the middle where the garage was, where you could have everything. I mean, this is like from watching those shows where people open up the whole side of their living room and they have like this outdoor space. But right. you have everything on on tracks. So right. you, so let's say you had a big middle workbench that could slide ten feet, twenty feet north to south. <laughs> you could just push it and then you lock it down. So everything can like be like moved or pulled out and you right. just have these, these tracks, these train tracks North to South where everything can be like slid around. <laughs> that would be sweet. Yeah. Do something like in the floor. I mean, that's obviously why people use casters cause you know, right. you can move wherever you want, but yeah, if you have it like, or like a big swinging, like a hinge thing, you can like just put a wheels on one side and have a hinge on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, that would be sweet. That that and you know, <laughs> when you get into bigger, you know, production and manufacturing when you're doing or you know, like uh fabricating, if you're doing steel, you, know, you want you're going to have some machines that are going to be cutting that or that are going to get really heavy. Yeah. That's the other thing that you got to think about right. where you're going to put that stuff. So, but so I'm thinking need... for a basic for a basic shop, right. you know, right. in a basic two-car garage. Um back I back like to reality. Idea. So right. yeah, so you have the storage on the left side and what, yeah. what do you have on the other side? So what I would do is I would have right in the middle um, and kind of maybe closer to a little bit off center would be a, a table saw, a big cabinet table saw with mm-hmm. an outfeed table that would be a bench. So with with my shop, I have my middle bench, which I leave pretty much clear because that's the one we work on most of the time. And then I have my bench behind me. That's another thing. I definitely say have two benches, one in the front, and one in the back, because having that double space is really nice really important i think to have that kind of two spaces like that you can work on both um so you're thinking you're thinking on the north wall that's your back bench and then in the middle you have your main middle bench yeah and um see, the nice thing though like if you could have an outfeed table that would or you'd have like your table saw maybe closer somewhere to the front doors and then that way you can push uh, larger material like you can you know, cut big sheets of plywood and stuff on the table saw. That's the one thing that I don't have in my shop that I would like to have is like a bigger cabinet table saw on the end of a bench because then you can use, mm. like I said, your benches for your outfeed. So as you cut something, you push it past the blade and you got to have, it has to have somewhere to go. That's what outfeed is. So the, you know, the material goes into another surface and that surface can be a bench, a workshop bench, um, which is what I would have. Um, so having like a, a longer bench, you know, maybe eight feet or so, or six feet with a with a table saw on one end, so you can outfeed onto the workbench. Um, now that could be 
that could be like on the right side, right? So then maybe you have maybe on the, the, the right half of the two spaces, the two car garage spaces you have um, maybe on the east wall, you would have a, your main workbench. And then, uh, a, you know, parallel with that would be the table saw and outfeed table. So you'd have two benches there. Mm. Um, and that, so that way they're, you know, like I said, the, it's parallel with the, with the east wall. Um, and then across the back wall, you could have the bigger machines, right? So uh, if you okay. wanna, like a, like a, you know, belt sand or, you know, whatever sanders or grinders you have, if you want to have them there or, um, a band saw or, you know, things like that. You could also have a chop saw, like a chop saw station that's longer, um, which is nice. You know, you can have a chop saw in the middle of say like an eight foot bench or an eight foot like surface. That way you can chop longer things down. That would be nice. Um, but really, I think like what what I would say for a basic shop is you want to have those two benches, um, which is I think are really nice to have two benches. So one against the wall and then one in front of you so you can turn around and work on both sides of you. And right. on your on your bench that's against the wall, whatever one is like commonly permanently against against the wall, put up that um the uh, what's it called uh, pegboard system. Oh yeah, um, having a system that you can hang stuff up instead of putting it away in drawers is I think is really nice. Um, everything's there; it's all visible. You know, it's hanging. It has its own home. Um, when I first set up the pegboard on our in my basement shop here. I had this idea to go like put everything where I wanted it and then go around and trace around it with markers. So everything had like its specific home. Right. Um, which is what our yeah, grandfather did. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Down right. In their, their home in Florida. He had that, but that was like, you know, it's what, like, when he was like in his sixties or maybe fifties <laughs> or sixties that he did that and had that, you know, by that point, I think he knew which tools he was going to have and he had those tools. Right. For me right. as a, like a younger guy and a, like, continually learning new things and having new hobbies like that pegboard has changed somewhat not a ton but it's changed somewhat over the years right um, and so i so i hesitated before i you know started tracing around stuff i was like well, let me just wait let me just put everything where i where i want it you know i had and and i organized the pegboard based off of things that i knew i would do like there's a section that's all bow making you know it's like rasps right. and my draw knives and spoke shaves and then there's a section that's like you know, vice grips and pliers. And then there's a section that's files and other, you know, random things. And then there's a hammer section and then there's a screwdriver section. Right. So I had those things like I knew, and those, those areas have stayed pretty much the same, but I've definitely like tools have changed. I lo you know, lose a tool or some, somehow a tool go missing and another tool will replace it. And that would bug me way worse if I had like another tool that was kind of the right shape, but it didn't really match the, the like tracing. Oh, that would kill me. <laughs> So yeah, so, yeah, definitely put up a pegboard system because I think that works really well. It's cheap, you know that like MDF pegboard is cheap, and um, right, you know like the little pegs and things they're, they're cheap. You know, for something like uh, maybe fifty bucks at the most, you can have the pegboard like a full sheet of pegboard, four by eight foot or you know whatever two and a half three by eight foot whatever it is the whole length of your bench, and all the pegs you could want you know for forty or fifty bucks. So. Right. Okay. So you have that, and let's say I mean you get a bunch of different tools. Now you've you've built a lot of moving, rolling right. stands for your stuff. Right. Yeah. You think people should just should try to do that for some of the things they know they're really going to use? I mean, you have some that you don't use, and you've talked about having trying to get you know you kind of have too much right now. Right. Yeah. Too many things. Too many like 
duplicates of things. Um, so if there's a few me, tools so. that you think you should be able to like roll out and roll in, right. like an, a nice bandsaw, uh, your grind, like a, a grinder, grinder or like. Yep. Yeah, I think like having a, a pedestal for a grinder and we're talking about like a, a tabletop grinder with, you know, two wheels on either side, you know, bench grinder. Um, that I think is something that can be movable because it can be used all over the place and it doesn't, you don't, you're not like uh, putting a ton of force into it. I mean, you are grinding stuff, but usually they spin so fast that you're like, you know, you're using it. Now, obviously, if you can have a permanent spot for that, that's important. But like a bench grinder is important. Um, the other tools I think you should definitely have would be a, a chop saw. Um, and I think the right. chop saw should have a prominent spot wherever it is. It's going to be used all the time to make cuts, you know, and if you can have a, um, a sliding, you know, chop saw that can cut, cut, uh, deeper, you know, do that. Right. And then obviously it's a miter, you know, you can cut 45 and whatever angles you want as well. That's, that's huge in any shop, any, anything, anytime you're cutting wood. Um, I didn't have a bandsaw for a while. And as soon as I got a bandsaw, I use it all the time, like all <laughs> the time. <laughs> so, um, if you can get a bandsaw, even like a smaller tabletop bandsaw, it just it makes a huge difference. Um, so yeah, I'd say I'd say you go you go to that more than any other tool in the shop. Yeah, I use the bandsaw a lot uh, because yeah. because it can do tighter turns and curves and um, yeah, and it's a little bit easier to control. Um, I mean, not really easier to control than chop saw. They they both have their thing, but like I, I use the chop saw. I use probably use the bandsaw the most to cut, and then the chop saw second most. Right, that's because I'm usually cutting smaller things. So the smaller yeah. things are nice on the bandsaw. The larger things are you know like two by fours and you know whatever any any larger um, you know dimensional lumber is cut on the chop saw. Um, but yeah, movable stuff. You know, if you have even if you don't need to move your stuff all that often, if you can, if you can build some type of platform that you can put things on and put casters on, then you can, then your shop can uh, mutate and change as your mm -hmm. needs change. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you're, if you, if you know for a project, you're going to be using the grinder, the bench grinder for a whole bunch of it, then you just roll it up closer to you. Right. Right. And then if, you know, if you're going to use the bandsaw a lot, roll it up closer to you. That's, that's what I do. And that's how I utilize that back space. The most is have that space movable. Um, I had that same thing with, uh, with the forge and stuff. I put that on wheels so I could kind of move it in and out and, you know, using like having a smaller space, you have to figure out like when you're working on a project, what's the tool you need. And if, you know, if you can move it now, if you have enough space, you can put it wherever you want it. And then you just decide what thing, you know, you're going to use the most often. Like if it's going to be your bandsaw, well, then that should be closest to you. And then the next thing, and the next thing, moving down the space. Yeah. Um, you can also re arrange the space to have, like, you know, your workbenches could be where you're doing woodwork and smaller stuff that, you know, you need to sit down and you have your vice. I would definitely say put a vice on the corner of any workbench you have. Any any work surface should have a vice on it. Um, you know, whether that's a carpenter's vice that's, that's like, face-mounted to the front of a workbench, which is what I have. I have my workbench. I have my, my carpenter's vice on the front of it. And then the big, the double the double uh, handle um, vice on the end, which I might switch those if I wanted. But it's nice to have an end mount and a, and a side mount. And then on my, right. you know, the, the bench against the wall, the one that's the most secure, I have the bigger uh, machinist vice there, you know, or mechanics vice in that and I like that as well. Another thing I'd recommend, and this has actually worked out really well for me multiple times, is having that vice 
off of the front of the bench. So it's actually not mounted to the top of the bench. It's mounted off the front. And I have it like a, I think a two by six or two by eight that kind of comes across that's mounted securely to the top of my bench. And then my vice is out. That way I can, I have full range of access straight down from the vice on three sides. And that's right. a big difference. You know, I think that's, I, and I, I put that like that long before I ever had a, um, a post vice, but that's the great thing about a post vice. It's like it's designed to come out. Right. So I basically made my own post vice by doing right. that, and then mounting a piece of you know, um, piece of what's that called? Just a, a conduit, you know, black pipe, you know, straight down right. the floor under a flange, you know. And we yeah we did the video right that screw one. that in. Yeah, yeah, you guys yeah. can see that. That that was a yeah. video early on. Yeah, so I think like having the benches is important. Um, you know, having material storage. Uh, tool storage is also important for those things that you're not going to use that often. I have a couple um, like open shelves. Uh, I have the one on the right side of my bench, which is there, and then I have a closed metal cabinet. Um, those both have a lot of, you know, like palm sander and and uh, circular saw and dr drills and things like that. Things that you know I'm not going to use all the time, but need to be somewhere. You know, the, the ones I use more often are more often are in the open, you know, shelving, and the ones I use less right. often are in the cabinets. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think a, as much open shelving as you can afford on empty spots of your, your walls, you know. Right. Yeah. You yeah. seem to seem to have a lot of stuff on those, and those are always good to be able to, at, at, at a quick glance, look at what you have. Right. I mean, it's a little tricky depending on how much, you know, uh, woodworking and stuff and how much dust and dirt and stuff is going to get right. on them because they're out. But, uh yeah. Maybe and you know get yourself a, a good filtration system or do something like that if you yeah. can. Right. Which is yeah, one thing the <laughs> the shop Art of Craftsmanship shop uh Art of Craftsmanship shop is lacking right now. Right. Yeah. And that's and the one thing that I actually really like about the shop which is a deterrent for that is the the low ceiling. Right. Cuz I use like I have all the exposed um you know rafters or whatever or joists from the floor above that I use, I nail into and I hang stuff from and I've got lights clipped to and I have, you know, that's the other thing. You definitely have to have good lights. So if you don't have good lighting, you know, get some, get some clamp lights, you know, run some extensions, do whatever you need to do to get good lighting because that makes a huge difference. There's lots of options for, um, you know, they have, they have nice, uh, like what used to be like a four foot fluorescent light. They now do LEDs, and you can get those for pretty cheap, you know, 25 bucks or something for, like, a double LED fluorescent bulb light that's four feet long. That'll give you a lot of nice light from above. Yeah. Um, and the little, like, the little magnet lights that I have on different tools, that makes a big difference, too, because then, you know, I can have lots of light, but then I can put directional light on one little spot if I'm working on something small, which is pretty important, too. So. Yeah, so that that is an advantage of kind of the low the basement low, style because, yeah, yeah right. you have so much, so much stuff on the ceiling. Yeah, exactly. Clamps my, and things. All my clamps. And yep. Mm -hmm. Saws hanging and 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 spare wood and spare and like bows and all types of stuff. I mean, I don't know how you would do that in like a a ten foot garage. You know, maybe you could have some some stuff hanging down. I don't know. Run right. a couple. A couple. I mean, it wouldn't yeah. have. It wouldn't have to be like a whole drop ceiling thing. But you right. could maybe run a few steel bars or something, or even. Yep wooden you know yeah you four can do by shelving. fours right exactly you could do some shelving along the walls that's up high but you can also do like suspended hanging shelving as well right 
right. like uh, our, our friends the Greens have in their two car garage they have a system that's like a suspended hanging storage system as well and from yeah. that you know he has like some saw horses hanging that are right in the middle of the shop in a, you know in a spot that's out of the way and you know be able to store some things there so really I think looking at your space looking at what's what what area is the most accessible from outside and saving that area for the storage you know like mm. where you're moving material storage in and out then you look at your space and you think okay where can i put uh, i would say if you can, if you can't do two benches right you want to do one bench against the wall that you can secure so it's really secure because it needs to be sturdy so you can clamp something in you know on it and shape it and it's not shaking around um you know, and then if you can do a second bench, even if it's just a table, you know, putting a table, like I said, like the table saw with an outfeed table. Yeah, yeah. Having that, having that extra um, surface has it's it's been like that was a huge thing that I did in my shop that I really liked. You know, and I've been in other shops and you know things throughout the years in school and in grad school and and having that double table is really nice because again, it's that like the the space the accessibility right so i can stand in one spot and i can like i have my chop saw right next to me i have right now i have the uh the drill press right behind me on the bench so that's got to move but um you know vice at one end of the bench all the tools in front of me and then i turn around and i have a carpenter's vice and i have my surface there and then you know a clamp at the end and a plug above me you know being able to stand basically in one spot and turn around and do pretty much everything i need to do to do any like you know, tools and everything are right there. That's that makes a huge difference. I like having those two surfaces on either side. Yeah, and and you rarely come on the other side of the bench because you have everything there within within walking distance. Like there's like right. a L of of area that you walk in. Right, exactly. From the front door, yeah. behind the middle bench, and across back to the storage and other things. And that right. the other side is all. I mean, obviously, you you have to some some you're gonna have to set it up for household things, right? Exactly, because yeah. you can't you're never gonna really. I mean, if you have a family, you're never gonna be able to take the whole garage or the whole right. basement. Yeah, you'll need a wall of other stuff. But even on the other side of it is kind of my area where I can always be right. shooting. Yep, and and Dustin Dustin really comes over on that side just because he has everything kind of set up where he can reach it. Yeah. Right, exactly, and that yeah, that makes a big a big difference. Just having that like everything in that space. Obviously, you know, you have like you said, like you have a, a flow things that I I know, and you know, we have I have that whole one wall that's all storage for you know camping supplies and whatever you know life house stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, and then axes, <laughs> my axes hanging up behind you. Right, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know, you think about think about your hobbies, think about things that you want to do in your shop. Uh, make sure you have those things the most accessible to you and then you know then have a selection of tools that can get whatever else you need done as well you know if you need to drill a hole in some metal so that way you can hang a something in your house then you have you know access to that you know if you need to uh, cut a piece of wood to do trim or if you you know if you have like whatever you need to fabricate something you know having having some way to heat up some steel and bend a piece of round bar or something, you know, like have a, a just like a hand blowtorch, things like that, you know. Think about those main things that you might need to do and have, you know, the things you love the most and what you want to, you know, focus your hobbies on, that should be central in your shop and then, you know, have some space for other things. Um, but, yeah, I would say uh, a bench, some material storage, um, and then uh, – if like I said, the the one thing that I st- I have a small 
movable um, table saw that we use and you guys have seen on the channel but it's um, it does I don't have a good a really good space for it uh, at the end it does kind of fit at the end of my of my uh, my bench but it, it fits right where the vice is as well so I want that vice at that end so it's it's not a permanent solution so that's one thing that I would try to figure out how to do do differently and the thing that I think is important to have a table saw if you can have a table saw if you're gonna do any type of like any type of home stuff or you know you're building things you're gonna have to cut down um, larger dimensional lumber into smaller pieces and and having a table saw a chop saw a band saw those are pretty important yeah well there you go I mean I think that's a good starting point for anyone and that's yeah. if they're lu lucky enough to be able to go into an empty space and 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 just start from scratch but yeah a lot of a lot of heavy duty tables things on rollers a lot of yeah. shelving get stuff up off the floor up off get the floor the, yeah i was gonna say that too yeah, yeah yeah get your stuff off the floor especially if you're doing woodwork you're gonna want to you're gonna want to be able to sweep and having mm -hmm. things up off the floor is important. And have, that's another benefit to having things on casters and wheels and things that you can move around is that you can move them out of the way and sweep and clean up and, and then put them back. And an, another thing which is nice on your side is some type of, um, what do you call those, like pa those walking pads? Yeah, I have mats. Yeah, like a, yeah, what's it called? A stress, you know, or a, it's just the, the mats on the floor. And that actually is a big, yeah, something that I didn't think about, but that's something that's pretty important for, for me doing metal and woodwork. I have mm. those they're they're like um I think they're actually for like stalls, horses stalls, so they're actually they're hard rubber <laughs> and right. they have um they're you know, they're rubber so they're soft they're softer than my concrete floor, but they have holes in them and the holes are maybe half an inch. You know, so there's a whole pattern of holes and that actually allows wood dust and random things to fall into the holes. So I'm right. not actually standing on the whatever material I'm like shaping. So it's really nice to have that, and obviously it's you got to clean it, right? So every once in a while, I got I got to pick them up, and there's like a ton of shit inside, and I got to like well, bat yeah, them but, out and clean it up. But you know that is what it is. It makes it it makes it very easy to work in that space and not have it to be work walking on top of, right? You know, you know wood wood you know sawdust and shavings and little you know, yeah. you know bits of metal and stuff. And and just for the comfort, a couple things for the comfort of standing there for that long it's it's so much more comfortable if you ever look behind a cashier or a cash register there's right. always a rubber pad right. and those yeah, people exactly. know those are the ones standing for eight hours it's so much easier on your legs yeah. and feet but another big advantage with the holes is you're over there and you're if you drop stuff you drop that <laughs> <Yeah>. little screw <laughs> you drop right. this or that it it stops and it, it's in somewhere i mean mm -hmm. it, it, it'll it'll drop down into it but it'll hit it and it won't go flying It'll land and it'll kind of stay. Right. So you can find yeah. the things you drop. And if you drop sensitive things, right. let's say if it's electronics or whether it be a knife that's yeah. fragile because it hasn't been whatever. What's the step yeah, before it's tempered, yeah, it hasn't right? has been tempered, right. After and you, yeah. you drop that down on the rubber. It's not going to shatter on your concrete floor. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. I've dropped stuff on that. I've also dropped stuff on the concrete floor <laughs> and uh, you know, <laughs> not good, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Dropping stuff there. Yeah. It definitely collects things, which is nice. You know, like, yeah, if I drop a little screw or something, it doesn't go far, you know, it right. is rubber. So it's a little bouncy, but it's still, it's just like boink and pops and lands in the hole. Yeah. You know, I can kind of look around and 
inevitably, of course, like probably 25% of the time, whatever I drop just disappears forever into the void. <laughs> but that's, that's, uh, that's screws this and is... hardware in general. Right. <laughs> that's one of the things, one of the, um, bits of advice that I learned, uh, years ago watching a Wrangler star video. He's like, all right, we need, you know, we need four screws for this project. He's like, so I'm going to grab six because inevitably <laughs> I'm going to drop one and I'm never going to be able to find it. So he's like, always grab at least one or two more than what you need. If you're walking out oh, yeah, of the shop to yeah. do something. And I always yeah. do that. And whenever I'm doing that, I always think, Oh, let me grab one or two more. And I just remember that thing. Cause like mm-hmm. you're going to drop it and you're never going to find that thing. <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> what you do. It'll like spin off into some, you know, second dimension and, gone <laughs> um, so yeah just you know think about that think about the material storage think about where you want to work what surface you want to work on um one of the things i also uh, i always laugh about from uh, there was a, a good alex Steele video he always talked about getting rid of horizontal surfaces because anything that you have that's just a table or a surface that's not being used all the time is just going to collect stuff you're just going to put yeah. stuff on it and it's just going to collect so if you can hang things up you know, if you, again, if you have like shelves and things, you want to put, you have to have some place to put stuff. But, you know, have designated spaces for tools, things that you know are going to go back to their homes. Hang things up if you can. Um, get things, you know, have have individual spots for things. That way, you don't, you're not just uh, just putting down, you know, tables and surfaces that are just you're never going to use because they're just going to be full of junk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's going to happen, but you know, <laughs> try to try to alleviate it as much as possible. Cool. Well, that's a good uh, starter and lots of good tips there. Yeah. Um, okay. Recommendations? Yeah. Um, actually, I uh, when we were thinking about this, I was thinking back. And uh, um, so years ago, I started watching Jimmy DeResta's videos, and he had a shop in his uh, – in his, in his, I guess there was a basement shop that he had in, I think it was in Manhattan. I don't think it was in Brooklyn, but I think he had a shop in Manhattan that was in the basement of a building. And, uh, so it always kind of reminded me of this basement shop here. And then actually, uh, was it a Blackbeard projects was commenting on our video recently, uh, the knife, the Kyoto video and mentioned how it was reminiscent of Jimmy Duresta's old basement shop, which I was really happy about. (laughs) <laughs> but um, but he's got some pretty cool videos. So my recommendation is actually if you go back and watch some of his earlier videos um, from four or five years ago, uh, he has you can check out his shop. He's got one video that he actually uh, posted. Um, uh, that's not his. Well, he's got some got some cool videos in that shop. If you look back at his uh, when he was. Every time he hit a hundred thousand, he'd do a collections video, and so I think it's like his three or four hundred thousand um, collections video is like hammers and whatever. But, but a lot of those Duresta, Jimmy, Jimmy Duresta, yeah, mm. he's got those early shot, early collection videos, which he'll be like walking around his shop. He's got one of all of his vices, right? So he's like just walking around. This is a vice, and he'll tell you like where he got them from. But those are cool because you get this view of him just walking around a shop. It's a super cool shop, and um, and set up in a way that's realistic i think you know it's not it wasn't like super clean like he had clutter but he had a good big works tape table in the middle and he had some other work surfaces and uh you know he was really able to use that space really well so if you're interested in like small space shops and how they can come together well take a look at those early uh jimmy duresta videos ah. cool and uh, right and i would say that another to go back to tips if you could just take your shop and add 
five feet of space around everything. Five extra feet of space. <laughs> if you can do 10, 10 feet of space around everything, even better. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's why you have these huge, these really big, when the people do end up just making like a pole barn. Right. And they just yeah. stick it, and everything's got like 15 feet of nothing around it. Right, exactly. That's that's really the best thing. I mean, it's not cozy, but it, everything has as much room as you'll ever need around it. Right. Yeah, and that's one of the things too. Like when uh, when I built my dining room table, you know, our t my table is I think it's four by eight, so it's basically like a sheet of plywood four by eight feet. Um, and I didn't have like space to do that, so I actually was using my buddy Sean's place, and uh, we were doing it in his basement on the floor because he had a lot of floor space. So, you know, we we're gluing it all together, building that top, you know, having that floor space was nice too. It's not something that I have here, you know, but that is something that you, I could have done that up on a table if I had a, you know, like in the shop now with the table I have, um, I can put a sheet of plywood on top of that and, and make that surface bigger if I needed to. All right. So yeah. that's, that's another thing. It is like a big open space. And that's why that's, I think that's another reason why I think it, the, having that second bench is really nice because one bench can be some tools. It can be. It has my chop saw. It has the drill press. Sometimes it has some other stuff. It has the vices. Right. It's not. You know. It's against the wall. It doesn't have. It doesn't have four sides that are open. So having that second table in the middle, that has space all the way around it, that makes my smaller space really versatile because I can build. I can build out and use that space longer. I can put something long across that table and it can go both ways. So. I think that's that now I'm thinking is probably one of the reasons why I really like having that middle table is because it, it has the space all around it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, my recommendation is a, uh, a meat eater guy, but he's got his own podcast on the meat eater podcast network now called bear grease. Okay. Um, his name's clay Newcomb and they do these really, really well produced, podcasts like with music and sound effects and and he he's a um avid hunter and 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 uh, has mules and all this type of stuff so he'll like take you out and blah 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 um cool. but he comes up with these really great uh concepts and stories and and episode four is uh death of a bear hunter there's this guy uh who clay newcomb has been kind of obsessed with named uh frederick Gerstecker or Friedrich Gerstecker. Um, he was a um, German immigrant in the, uh, I guess, early 1800s or mid 1800s. And he came over to hunt in the Ozarks. Um, right. And without his, his knowledge, he would send these letters home and his, his mother would print them. <laughs> and by the time he got back, he was like this national hero. Nice. Like this, like this Wild West, almost you know, like Daniel Boone style character who would right. hunt black bear and and talk about his adventures and and meeting uh, Native Americans and hunting with them and doing. And he has a um, uh, Gerstecker has a book which I've been looking for, which I can't find, but it's so old that it's a uh, it's what do you call it when you can't have a um, trademark or you can't copyright it anymore open oh. source or something right yeah so a lot of different people have printed it but it's hard to, i'm trying to find a, a good copy of it so i'm looking on amazon right. but anyway clay newcomb That's reads cool. from this book and and talks about a specific story in it um 
and it's not really a spoiler because he talks about it. It's um, Gerstecker's friend, Erskine, which is the only name. Him and Frederick are hunting, and Erskine gets killed by this black bear that they're hunting. Mm. And Gerstecker gets really hurt, and a bunch of their dogs die, their dog, hunting dogs die. And so then he goes into that, and he, he reads from the book, and then he goes into maybe searching for the grave of Erskine and it's, it's right near where he grew up. And, um, he, it's, it's just really good. They go through this stuff and then his other podcasts aren't always stories like that, but he really goes in depth and it's really a highly produced, uh, podcast. Um, nice, but yeah, it's another thing. He's, <laughs> I think he's pretty well known. Obviously he's, uh, a meat eater guy now and he's on that show and, Right. Yeah. Uh, I think I think he he was just on Joe Rogan's podcast, so it's like he's coming up big. <laughs> but the podcast Bear Grease, yeah. really cool. Start with uh, uh, Death of a Bear Hunter. Right. Nice. Right on. I um <clears throat> I was thinking, you know, like we we tend to not always, but recommend more well known people who don't necessarily need the recommendation. <laughs> right. but the whole point of the recommendations is that like we're excited about something that we think other people would look at because it's inspirational or it's interesting or, you know, so if it, it, like I, I probably maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago, went back and started looking at some of those early Jimmy Dresta videos again, just because there was something different about them that I really liked. And when I went back and I was like, this is really cool. Right. And I started learning things and he got some tips, videos and stuff and things that I either forgot about or never saw. And, um, you know, so, so even though there are people who are might, you know, be more well known if we're thinking of things that interest us you know things that are cool that that's what it's about right so it doesn't have like our recommendations don't have to be right just to be able to bring uh smaller channels up which is always great and i love doing that but it's really just like what's interesting you know like when i'm talking to my yeah. buddies like hey I've, what, did you see this thing is really cool like it doesn't matter who it is yeah. it's just and the, you know, and like yeah. like we always say there's so much good stuff out there especially in the podcast world and youtube world that and there's so many of the times where you someone points out someone that you had no idea about and you do realize right. they're already huge right yeah you're like well he's got like millions of I, i've never seen this and then you're like this is a, <laughs> this is great this is amazing so things like that since there's so much content right. we'll just try to point out if we find something really good we're, we're just gonna point it out whether it's huge or not um right yeah yeah i forget you know somebody like essential craftsman that channel which is really cool like they do awesome stuff and i love watching his stuff uh i didn't i had no idea who he was until someone commented on one of our videos and was like oh you're obviously inspired by the essential craftsman and i was like well, who's that so i went and looked it up and i was like yeah this dude's awesome i was like <laughs> right. i've never heard of him but i could see why you would you know like equate the two of us together like because it's very you know just like the people making stuff and doing stuff and talking about you know cool stuff so you never know who you're gonna like introduce to someone who they've never heard of or something that they're gonna see which is gonna inspire them to do something or make something or tell something else about you know about your channel or whatever so it's always good yeah it's such a strange time where you can have someone who've, who's been seen by millions and millions of people and majority of people don't know who he is like, right exactly or yeah. the, who they are it's uh it's just strange so that's why you need I, yeah, that's why we do recommendations. I always like when I get good recommendations. So yeah. we're going to keep doing it. And we're going to keep promoting these huge channels who need our help. <laughs> it's funny because I have 
there there are some other like the the knife talk podcast they'd always used to do they used to do recommendations a lot at the end of the episodes and they haven't done them in a while and i realized like that i missed it you know i was like oh that was always nice you know i liked seeing here you know looking up the people that they would recommend um yeah you know and there are some other you know podcasts that i like that do that or you know have done it at one point and they're stopped and so i think it's cool and you know we might not always have recommendation every week but we try to just because it's fun and why not you know yeah. Yep. yeah cool all right man well that's it um yeah so I, I like the idea of talking about shop stuff maybe that would be kind of an interesting thing when we have uh you know, other people are on. Maybe ask them about their shop, like how what they like about it, and what they don't. That might oh, be yeah. an interesting thing. You know, what they would change yeah. if they could. Right. You know, because that's the, like the one thing I like. I said is like having a table saw in the middle. That would be something that I would put. Like I would make that more of a priority in a new shop if I if I had the ability to. So yeah, maybe like the thing you're most proud of about your shop, the most right. ingenious thing, and then the work the the your biggest uh bugaboo yeah exactly yeah the annoyance something that always right. annoys you right i love that uh you know obviously we could recommend like um adam savage's cave you know because that's such a cool shop too <laughs> um but he you know he's been doing so much of that over the over the um doing all that infrastructure building and changing and always like doing stuff it always inspires me to be like oh, okay let me go down the shop and look at what could be better you know or what what, right. what i what i always right. like what i always use and it's just not convenient you know like what can i do to make it better for me you know because yeah. i think that's the thing like having the shop like matt said you know when he goes in now into the space it's just all the stuff on the floor he needs some advice like somebody to like help him get going you know like yeah what do i need to do i got i want to make it usable but i have to i have to get over this hurdle um but definitely like spending time in your shop cleaning up organizing things it's so rewarding when you're done and you're like the next time you go in there you can use something everything's there where you want it, it makes a big difference Still waiting for my uh, camera equipment shelf <laughs> on that yeah, back right. wall. Oh, when I uh, when I build a you did give axe, me a table to put the bag rack. on. Yeah, exactly. Here's your. Table. I do have a table that's <laughs> usually covered with your your uh, the boxes <laughs> that you. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, uh, before we go, we got a bunch of fun stuff coming up. We got we're, we finally will. I know we keep talking about it. we're going to do another brothers podcast probably yeah. this weekend. So it'll come out yeah. next week. Right. Yeah. Next week is uh, episode fifty-two. This is up today's episode fifty-one. Next week's fifty-two. Which technically we took Easter off, so this episode is our one-year anniversary episode. Oh. Um, our first one came out in July first of twenty twenty, and today is July first of twenty twenty-one. When you guys will be listening to this, it's just Friday, which is July second, which is my wedding anniversary. Hey, right. Six, Sixteen and years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, and we, you've got we're. And then, got yeah, some stuff week. coming up with with yeah. other um this other month you'll be, we'll be doing stuff and other makers and we might have a visit to the shop and we can yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. that uh next week or the week after but it will be it's going to be a fun month yeah yep it's gonna be awesome cool all right everybody well thank you all so much for listening it's been a blast uh make sure you go check us out on youtube the art of craftsmanship you know check out our videos we always try to um talk about things that we do in that on the channel because that's what we like we like to send you guys that way and go look at you know you can hear us talking about it we'll give you the fun thing about the podcast it's behind the scenes right you get a little bit behind of what's going on but over there is where we're like showing you the fun stuff we love to do so go check us out on youtube 
Um, and you can follow us both on Instagram at the art of craftsmanship and at the art of camera guy. If you guys have a question that you want to ask specifically on the podcast and you want Devin to do it as a dear, dear Dustin, Dustin. <laughs> you can send him a DM directly to the art, uh, the art of camera guy. And then he can ask me that or, you know, comment on the videos and maybe even put a dear Dustin there. We might read it on the, on the podcast. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and lastly, if you want to support the channel and the podcast even more, you can always go find us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash The Art of Craftsmanship. And all of our patrons who follow us over there, we cannot thank you enough. Um, that support is huge for what we do. It really inspires us to like keep making stuff and doing stuff because we know people are out there who really appreciate it. And even if you're not, you know, if you're not a patron, that's fine, too, as long as you're enjoying what we're doing and you're sharing it with some friends and telling people about it. And, you know, that's it makes it, it makes a big difference for us. So, Yeah. And, and we can't offer as much stuff as we'd like to since it's just us and I on Patreon extra. Right. But I mean, and we will we, we do have to get some stuff going with Discord and stuff. But it is it, it all of it goes to gear and stuff. So if you appreciate anything we do and want to throw in a dollar or two or any more, it, it's great, and it, it just all goes to gear, and we keep making more and more stuff. Right, absolutely. Yep, so it's been uh, it's been a blast so far. All right, everybody. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Um, next week, we will have the Four Brothers episode, episode number 52. Woo! Uh, 52 weeks in a year. Keep on so, going. Uh, so put those earmuffs on your kids in the car and uh, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. crack open a beer and have some fun with us. <laughs> Enjoy, because that's what we'll be doing. Expect a bunch of laughs and a bunch of you know, fun stories hanging out in the shop. All right, everybody. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to you next time.